to Sunday Morning, a weekly podcast presented by Church Without Walls of Greer. Jesus, we thank you and praise you and bless you. We lift up your holy name. You're worthy of all praise and glory and honor. Thank you for what you're doing, what you're going to do. Thank you for protection and travels and, and all that stuff, Lord. We praise you for that. Thank you for your mercy and kindness. And I pray that you'll help us today to hear what you would have us hear today out of your word, out of your message, Lord. We lift you up. Amen. All right. Back to the Sermon on the Mount. This is interesting. Now, again, I'm reading this out of the Passion Translation because it ties some of the verses together in a way that I've always kind of thought of but couldn't put into words quite as well. Um, you know, a lot of these verses in, in chapter, chapter 6, verse... Uh, I can't see. 18 through to the end of the chapter are real common ones that we have you know memorized people hear a lot of but this kind of reties them together with slightly different wording so i'm just gonna read that don't keep hoarding for yourselves earthly treasures that can be stolen by thieves material wealth eventually rusts decays and loses its value Instead, stockpile heavenly treasures for yourself that cannot be stolen and will never rust, decay, or lose their value. For your heart will always pursue what you value as your treasure. The eyes of your spirit allow revelation light to enter into your being. If your heart is unclouded, the light floods in. But if your eyes are focused on money, the light cannot penetrate and darkness takes its place. How profound will be the darkness within you if the light of truth cannot enter? How could you worship two gods at the same time? You will have to hate one and love the other, and be devoted to one and despise the other. You can't worship the true God while enslaved to the God of money. This is why I find that it's interesting because it says in, in the in the New King James says, therefore, and it's, it's feeding back to that. It says, this is why I tell you to never be worried about your life. For all that you need will be provided, such as food, water, clothing, everything your body needs. Isn't there more to your life than a meal? Isn't your body more than clothing? Look at all the birds. Do you think they worry about their existence? They don't plant or reap or store up food. Yet your heavenly Father provides them each with food. Aren't you much more valuable to your Father than they? So which one of you, by worrying, could add anything to your life? That's a good question. And why would you worry about your clothing? Look at all the beautiful flowers of the field. Don't They don't work or toil, and yet not even Solomon in all his splendor was robed in beauty more than one of these. So if God has clothed the meadow with hay which is here for such a short time and then dried up and burned, won't he provide for you the clothes you need, even though you live with such, a, with such little faith? So then, forsake your worries. Why would you say, what will we eat, or what will we drink, or what will we wear? For that is what the unbelievers chase after. Doesn't your Heavenly Father already know that things about your, the things your body require? So above all, constantly chase after the realm of God's kingdom and the righteousness that proceeds from him. 
then all these less important things will be given to you abundantly. Refuse to worry about tomorrow, but deal with each challenge that comes your way one day at a time. Tomorrow will take care of itself. So I like the way this translation ties in because so often you like you know you can't love you can't serve God in money you can't you know and then in in the King James the New King James it talks about you know if your eye is light then your soul will be filled with light but your if your eye is dark then you know the light in you will be darkness and it's like what <laughs> it's, it makes sense but it it kind of doesn't the way it's worded is kind of mm-hmm. opaque see what I did there um, but this, this, you know, ties, you know, if your eyes, if you're looking at money, if you are so concerned about the finances that you don't take time to be concerned about, you know, to have faith, to do things by faith, then all you're going to see are the finances. And and you, you, we see that in day-to-day life. You know, individuals see that. You see that in families. You see that in churches. If, you know, if churches aren't careful, if, if people aren't careful, you know, we, we focus more on, oh, we need money for this. Oh, we've got to do this. Oh, we've got to pay that off. Oh, we've got to save up to do this. Or, oh, we've got, you know, we can't, we can't do that because we have to do this. You know, the money, we don't have enough money or we, you know, we have enough money, barely. Or yeah, if we're not careful, we do that. And then churches are like, "Oh, we have to raise funds to build this building." You know, some thankfully some churches are very careful about that. Some of them, it seems like, it may not be as much now as it used to be, but there was a time frame when it seemed like every church you saw online, every church you saw on television or you heard about they were all raising funds you know we've got a building fund which there's nothing wrong with a building fund unless that's your focus you know you know if they're focusing on their building fund are they focusing on the word of God on the kingdom of heaven now I'm not saying you can't have a building fund I'm not saying that you can't raise money for that's not what I'm saying because yeah, it could become a status thing. It can become a, I don't know what. I mean, their church, and I'm not. I'm not saying anything because the churches seem like they're good churches. But there's churches here in South Carolina you see it a lot, where there's a little old hundred year old chapel that was like a one room schoolhouse, and it's a little church. And then beside it is a church that probably held sixty or seventy people. And beside it is a church that held four or five hundred people and beside it is a church that holds five thousand people <laughs> and they're and they're all still there right in a row <laughs> and it's like i, I don't know it, 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 it is kind of neat because you can see the history of it but also you kind of like you wonder i don't know it's just one of those things makes <laughs> you just kind of one of those things that makes you go hmm <laughs> i think it's kind of neat it is neat. I'm not saying it's not neat. And historically, it's really cool. Yeah. And, you know, to go into those buildings and, and you know, especially if they've kept them. growing those churches. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, it very well can be. And, and but like I said, I'm not, but it's just like, but also that, that kind of shows, I don't know, I'm not sure what it shows. I think 
think the issue is when it's not that there's big churches, it's that when smaller churches are are jealous of oh. the bigger churches and they're trying to be bigger. They want to be a big church so people will go to their church. Or so you're whatever. saying that sometimes smaller churches break one of the Ten Commandments because they want to be a bigger church. That would be a bad thing. Well, I think what you were getting at, too, is if we make it our goal rather than God. Right. Well, yeah, if we, if we set, you know, even, even for a good reason, you, you know, if the church says we're going to have ten thousand people by the end of this year, and that's all they focus on. You want to park a, park in their parking lot. <laughs> what? I wouldn't want to park. Wouldn't want to park in their parking lot. <laughs> but you know, if that's if that's all their goal is, well, then they're going to do things that are going to draw people in, not necessarily do things that are going to draw people to Jesus. And it's not necessarily that they won't, but it's not necessarily that they will, because their focus isn't on the kingdom of heaven, it's on a number. You know. So that's what it's talking about here is is if we focus more on numbers, if we focus more on how are we gonna survive, how are we gonna make it? Oh, what are we gonna to eat today? Oh, what are we gonna to wear today? It's like the you know, when Lori was a teenager and she would say, I just don't have anything to wear. And she had like a closet with 27 million clothes and pieces of clothing in it. And 18,000 pairs of shoes. Well, you know, exaggeration might be breaking the Ten Commandments. I don't think exaggeration. Have you looked at her at it? Oh, yeah. My sister is here visiting, so I'm giving her a little bit of a hard time. But, you know, ow, she kicked me. But, so, you can't worry about it. No. Is forsake your worries. Why would you say, what will we eat, or what will we drink, or what will we wear? For this is what the unbelievers chase after. Doesn't your Heavenly Father already know the things that your bodies your bodies require. God already knows what we need. In another place, Jesus was talking about, don't worry about when you pray, because when you pray in secret, your Heavenly Father already knows what you need, and He'll answer in public. Mm-hmm. You know, he's, he already knows what we... Is, we don't have to ask for just the right thing when we pray. Because God already knows what we need. If we say, God, I don't know what I need. Help me have what I need. <laughs> then he'll be like, all right, I'll do that. So, but I think it's, it's interesting how these last, this last half of chapter 6 is really all tied together. You know, this part of the Sermon on the Mount. Because... You know, so often we hear about, well, you know, hoarding your treasures and, you know, build up treasures in heaven. Well, you know, and do we really know what treasures in heaven are? I mean, we think we do, and, and to some degree, you know, the things that we treasure are there. The people that we, you know, we love, the people, you know, that type of stuff is definitely. 
but you know, you go to a place where it talks about you know the New Jerusalem, and just as an example, and it fits back with this verse very well, you know, it says the streets are paved with gold. Well, what do you pave the streets with? What are our streets paved with? Tar. Refuse. Tar is the leftover dregs of the distillation oil process. And gravel that is crushed so fine, it's not really good for much anything else. The streets of heaven are paved with gold. In other words, they're paved with something that's just not worth diddly squat. In the time when Jesus said that, was talking about, you know, in the time of the Bible, the streets were paved, quote-unquote, with used salt that didn't have any savoriness. They would put salt out on the roads, not because of the ice, but because it kept plants from growing. <laughs> but it didn't have any savories. It had no value. So in heaven, the streets are paved with something that has no value. Now we say, oh, the streets are paved with gold. It's because it has no value. It's just a good substance that's nice for roads. The gold, the symbol. Well, it's a. I would. I, I mean, would. I would say that it's a. It's a comparison because we mm-hmm. here think that gold is so valuable, but based on what Jonathan is saying, that heaven is far beyond anything that we can imagine. Right. And so the streets are paved with gold. It's really not. Well, you know, and, and it talks in Revelation about the gates being, you know, these gems and pearls and, well, gates are usually there for security. They're usually made out of, like, wrought iron. Made out of wrought iron and steel and, you know, but gates made out of carved gemstones are, again, if you had a gate made out of carved gemstones here on Earth, what are the chances that that gate would still, still be there? <laughs> it's God lavishing all his jewels on the... He is. He's, he's lavish, but he's also saying this stuff isn't what's important. It's just stuff. Well, sure. But if you make it, it there... <laughs> yeah, it has no... It's not the, it's not the thing of value. Gold's the most valuable thing here, but up there we're going to be walking. Right. Mm-hmm. Up there it's like, oh, look, gold. It's got diamond sparkles in it. Cool. <laughs> but the, uh, it, it, you know, and it ties back in with that. That same, you know, verse. It, it, it's not about money. The heavenly treasures are not about things that we consider valuable not here on material earth. Things. Material you know what, things. You know what I think of about building up treasures in heaven? As far as parents are concerned, or individuals, kids teaching your children and praying for your children witnessing to people that they find the Lord that that's a treasure for all of us well yeah when they make it to heaven that's yeah if we do, if we do our <laughs> fundamental job as Christians if we lift the name of Jesus so that all men can be drawn to him that builds up treasure mm-hmm. it's not that we do it for credit no. we don't do it for credit we do it because that's what the, where the kingdom of heaven is and that draws people into the kingdom of heaven now 
I don't know all about any. I don't know about anything. As far as heaven goes, as far as what you know, what's going to come, I don't know. I don't need to know. I, I I don't live my. I can't live my life, you know. Hoping I'll make it to heaven or not go to hell. I have to live my life as if the kingdom of heaven is at hand, which I think is a direct quote from you know Jesus. So, if we live our life as the kingdom of heaven is at hand, which means that we're in the kingdom of heaven now, now we're not seeing it face to face, we're not, you know, we're still in the material, we're still in the physical, but we live our life in such a way that we can, that we are contributing to the kingdom now. We're being good citizens of the kingdom of heaven. We don't do it so that we don't get punished or we get rewarded we do it because that's what we do that's how a majority of people in this world live we we do you know we we follow the rules not because we don't want to get punished or not because we want to be rewarded but because it makes sense you know don't necessarily like it but sometimes you just do what you gotta do because that's the rules that's just how it is and if you don't like it you try to change it but most of the time, it's just like, oh, there's a reason for a speed limit. I don't like it, but, you know, I can abide by it mostly. Unless I drive a Mini Cooper. <laughs> <laughs> but the, uh, I'm just, you know, it's just something to think about. Because if we're not careful, now, I mean, if we're not careful, we will have ideals that will put things above God. We'll be like, oh, if I only had such and such, I'd be happy. I watched, I watched a short video. There's a guy who makes inspirational videos on YouTube or Facebook. I can't remember. But I watched one that was really good. Um, this guy got into this car. You know, he with his chauffeur it was this brand new Rolls Royce really cool looking car and he's looking on his phone he said man so and so just bought a jet if I had a jet I'd be ha- I would be so happy and somebody came up and knocked on his window and was like I'm sorry to bother you he said but is this that new Rolls Royce because it is so cool he said I've, all I've got is a piece of junk you know Honda and if I had a car like this I would be so happy and and he's like, thanks for talking to me. I got, I better go. And he walked up and kicked his Honda Accord. And this girl walked by and said, is everything okay? Did your car break down? He said, no, it's fine. It's just, it's a piece of junk. She said, oh, I wish I had a car like that. I'd be so happy because I have to ride the bus. And then, you know, she ran, you know, she missed the bus. And this guy on this bicycle said, oh, well, I have to bike 20 miles home every day. And she's like, oh, well, maybe the bus isn't so bad. And he was riding along, and, oh, I hate this bike. And this lady in this wheelchair came up and said, well, at least you have legs that work. She said, I'm happy. She said, I wasn't always happy until somebody pointed out that at least I have arms. <laughs> so, you know, it's about what we focus on, which is what that was saying. It's, it's, if we're not careful, we can focus on, oh, I need this to be happy. But, no, be happy with where we are and then who knows what will happen
it, things might change. They might not. But if you're happy where you are, it doesn't matter if you things take change. Care of what you have. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If you're happy with what you have and happy with where you are, then if things change, wow, that's awesome. I mean, I've personal experience. I've I'm not going to go so far as to say I was happy in my last job, but I was satisfied. I enjoyed doing what I was doing. Mm-hmm. I wasn't really that happy with the company or with, you know, some of the stuff that was happening. But, I, you know, I just did my best. And out of nowhere, I got a call about another job that's way better. Mm-hmm. And, yes, it's a job, so there's times that there's stuff that's frustrating. You didn't seek for that job? No. They called me. So when, you know, and that makes a huge difference. So you think about that, it's, you know, it's the same thing. If I had been, you know, I, I had looked at stuff and I'd talked to people and nothing seemed right. A few things seemed like they were going to work out and, and, you know, it was like they didn't work out and I wouldn't have been happy there. When I look back, I realized, because now I'm working at a place that has a mission that is... Christ-centered and actually does something good and actually accomplishes something and I'm doing things and I'm pushing things forward even there. Worldwide. So, you know... It's more than a job. It's more than a job. It it fits in with my calling and my skills and, you know, all that stuff, Mm -hmm. which is really cool. So... But that's the same type of thing. I had to stay where I was. You worked your butt off. Yeah. I did, I try, and I try to work hard, work my butt off now. You know, I I try to keep, you know, keep doing. But the the thing that is is I wasn't. I couldn't be constantly complaining about that. If I'd been constantly complaining about my job, I might not have gotten the job I have now. That's true. Mm-hmm. I believe it. So. What I meant was, as you were taking as many classes as you could take. Oh yeah. To get proficient in mm-hmm. what I was doing. What yeah. you were working on, you had a you had a um, a vision for that, and that was exactly what. And I was gonna looking. I was gonna drag them kicking and screaming into my vision. That's that <laughs> was what your new employer was looking for. Right. That's so good. That's true. So God helped you to have that vision. He did. And that's true. Do your best to achieve and, as much as you could. And again, if I'd been focusing more on what I wasn't getting or what wasn't happening or more on this or that or the other thing, you know, I'd, it wouldn't have been the same. Right. So. That's really You wouldn't really have been in a place where you had that on your resume. Right. For them to, you know, the specific credentials on your resume. Mm-hmm. Right. So, anyway, so I'm thankful for that. But but it you know it fits right in with the that scripture. And, and We're proud all of that. Him, aren't we? So, anyhow, so does anybody have anything else to add? No snores. Okay. <laughs> Jesus, we thank you and praise you and bless you. We lift up your holy name. You're worthy of all praise and glory and honor. I pray that you help us to keep this in our heart, to keep track of it, and to think about it. Lift up your holy name. Amen.
Thank you for listening to Sunday Morning Podcast from Church Without Walls of Greer, South Carolina. If you have any questions or you need more information, please feel free to reach out to jonathan.wagner at intheupstate.net. If you'd like to subscribe, please do so on whatever channel you found this podcast. And reach out to me or anyone if you have questions about Christianity.